You're listening to the Imaging Resource Podcast. This week, the reports of the Sony A9 overheating. Google says they will never again update the Nick suite. The DJI Spark is here. Let's talk about it. Photokina is coming every year. And what happens when you merge AI with cameras? Hi everyone, my name is Jaron Schneider. I'm a videographer, photographer, and tech reviewer at Imaging Resource, and I am joined this week again, as I'd like to say always, but we missed him the last podcast due to the constraints of technology, but Karaminder Guman, he is a portrait photographer, headshot preventer, and a Leica Academy instructor. Glad to have you back, Karaminder. I'm glad to be back. Now, when you said the limitations of technology do not allow us to be, or allow, allow me to be there, are you talking about like that Star Trek, like hologram teleporting technology? Because... I basically physically needed to be there, and we didn't have the technology to do that. Is that what you meant, Jaren? <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I didn't think of it like that, but that's a good way to put it. Uh, basically, the problem was uh, I was out in what can only be described as the boonies, where there was... Santa Barbara? The, yeah, way out there. there. The cell service was really hit or miss, so um, the interview was not done online. It was done in person, so I could not bring Karaminder with me. For that one um but last week we were off this week we are back on and Cameron is actually you're in los angeles right now that's right i'm in i'm also in uh i guess the boonies of LA. i'm in the valley <laughs> in canoga park uh which i'm i'm around here i'm like okay okay it's canoga park okay sure why you're there not? for work right you're, you're yeah well week. my girlfriend's work uh i'm here for that and then taking advantage of the time being here to do the whole Disney Universal thing. And there's also Cinegear happening here. I will be stopping yeah, by right. some of the after parties. Maybe not the actual conference, but the after parties will definitely have a presence of Karaminder. Uh, you should uh, check it out. There's, a, I know there's a couple things coming to that that are going to be cool. So uh, we'll chat about those once they're they're released. But it's going to be, uh, there's some stuff in there that's going to be worth looking at. Oh, right. At I see that. any rate, yes. let's talk a little bit about the some news in the last week. And I really want to start with the headline, what I would consider our headline story. The uh, Sony A9 reportedly overheating. You're joking, Jared. You're joking. I, I, I w- so what's looking at the story? It was I originally saw this on Reddit, <clears throat> and then again on uh, F Stoppers posted the YouTube video. And one of the problems of the Alpha series to this point has been heat sinking. The bodies are not very good at it. And that was apparently fixed with the A9, but not according to Danny uh, Uzebio. You're the, that more one, Asian than that I am one, in that regards. <laughs> that one camera guy, he says he experienced it overheating um, almost immediately, it seemed like, uh, while shooting in like 80 degree weather. Uh, when you saw this, Karaminder, what did you think? Um a couple of things, you know, I guess because we're inside people. So, I, uh, you know, we're inside the industry. We talk with, you know, people who make this. Uh, he has some value, very valid arguments of saying, you know, he trusted all these people who were testing the cameras. Then he like, you know, then he began to look at it through a magnifying glass of, well, what kind of environments did he test under? Because he was testing in broad daylight, like midday sun, 81 degrees. Yeah, normal, a normal sport shooting Yeah, he was shooting uh, swim meet. So he's out in the sun. And these other people, when they did the whole, you know, 
I guess the sponsored trip that Sony does where, you know, they took you to a boxing ring. Is that right? I didn't think you went there, but the one in New York. Yeah. yeah I think there was all indoors for that. I don't think there was much outside. No, there was all indoors. So, um, but a lot of people have used this camera. A lot of people have tested it and no one said anything. So this is the first time hearing of it. Oh, I wouldn't put it past Sony though. Cause my, uh, we'll talk about this later. Uh, whenever I did pick a video camera, one thing was stability. And I just do not like the idea of buying something, relying on it and it overheating on me. Or me yeah. having to work around it overheating. Like, that's just not something... That's like driving a car and it just overheats and you got to sit and wait for a while before you continue yeah. on again. Like, that's ridiculous. Is, that's pretty much the reason why I never bought an A7R2 because my yeah. experiences with the camera had it overheating and also the battery. So Both are huge reasons, battery and overheating. Those are huge, actually... Yeah, I'm going to talk about that later. Huge reason, about that later. those two huge reasons were addressed with the A9, yeah. at least, you know, according to Sony. That the battery is better, which it most certainly is. Not only is on the ta- battery on paper, bigger, on paper it is better, right? Okay, I'm. I'm actually. I will say I'm going to agree with that right now because I have, I'm not going to get to my personal experience until I'm done talking about this. Basically, what you read online and this guy's experience, and then I'll talk about what what happened with me because I have shot with this camera. Um, so they fixed the battery issue according to Sony. They made the battery bigger, and they made the camera way more power efficient. So it didn't just even though the battery, I think, is only like maybe 1.25 times or 1.3 times better than the old one, the actual performance difference is considerably more because the camera uses less power. So the camera's um, more efficient, yeah. Camera's more efficient, battery's bigger, mm-hmm. equals much longer battery life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then also the overheating issue, uh, they, they never said that it was going to be a problem. I don't think Sony ever explicitly says overheating is an issue but they appeared to have when they were advertising this shown that it's not going to be a problem now from what i can observe jaren about this overheating is that these let's call them the series one cameras we're talking a7s mark one yeah uh, a7r mark one uh and then of course when the series two cameras came out you know a7s mark two a7r mark two the bodies got physically bigger. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense because the originals were overheating like mad. So then they built in, they gave a little bit more space, of course, to be able to have some heat sinking and made it better. And I do understand it was improved. That's the key word there. It was improved. It was. Uh, and now the A9 is actually even a bigger body, bigger. right? Even bigger, yeah. yeah. So, of course, there's even more to address there. And I know it's, it's bigger for more than just the reasons of uh, heat sinking, but... Uh, that's it's a good observation at least of a uh, bigger camera better heat sinking and um, yeah carry on continue so all of this said this shouldn't have been an issue but danny experienced it and i am not going to say that i i, I believe danny I'm i do too positive this definitely happened to him now i do want to explain my personal experience with this camera and why i find this to be so weird this um, story to me is so strange because I actually believe they fixed. Are you, the okay. Issue. Yeah, because, again, this is the first report, right, Jerry? We haven't heard anyone else. I have no. And the thing is, so I, th- that, a couple weeks ago when you were unable to join us for the podcast, mm-hmm. I did the interview with Mark on the, on the two new lenses that were announced. Uh, that trip was specifically to do stuff with Sony, meet all the people who use Sony so that Sony appreciates, and to shoot with Sony stuff including the A9, with those two new lenses. Yeah, the two new lenses. As Which one well are they? As... Just tell us again what two new lenses were they. 
16 to 35 f 2.8 g master and a 12 to 24 f4 mm-hmm. if my memory serves um and then we also got to shoot with the 100 to 400 the new one uh the 35 to 56 at any rate that was an entirely outdoors experience 100 percent. there was no indoors if there was an indoor it was a tent or a cabin where there was no shooting it was just where we were sleeping and we were out in a vineyard and it was hot we were out at a horse track and it was hot and every single one of the press guys that i was with we all had an a9 and we all stuck the 16 to 35 or the 12 to 24 whatever we wanted put it on a platypod platypod pro like stuck it on the track underneath mm-hmm. one of the the jumps that the horses were going over mm-hmm. and were remotely firing them with pocket wizards so they sat in total sunlight just baking uh, for anywhere between 10 and 25 minutes, just sitting there, constantly firing as horses were jumping over. Did you have the rapid a... fire option on? Is that what? Yeah. We had this fire. I had mine on, at least, as, as the fastest it could shoot in silent shutter. So this thing yeah. was chugging. And it was shooting at RAW and JPEG. So what you're saying is you were in very ideal conditions of making this problem happen, but your yes. experience is... You did not see that problem happen. I did not see it happen personally. on my camera. I did not see it happen on any of the other cameras of like the 11, 12, 13 journalists who were also out there doing exactly the same thing. None of us had an overheat issue. Yeah, because this kind of, I also, my, my another theory I had, Jaren, kind of similar to episode two, callback of when we had Vivian Goussois on. And you know how we're talking about, you know, uh, social media influencers and um, just that kind of state of the industry. I did think that, okay, why is it nobody talked about this? Is it one of those things where, you know, all these people got um, taken out by Sony to a nice fancy vineyard and if the people want to continue receiving perks like these, they, you know, kind of have to or need to speak positively and therefore brush this under the table or under the rug. But I don't think that seems to be the case here. Not with the journalists, at least. Okay. Maybe with some of the artisans or the uh, the creative collective who want to get farther in cahoots with yeah, who want Sony to get gear sent to them yeah and they want to be like essentially it's a business decision for them to say nice things about sony mm-hmm. uh with us journalists none of us have that responsibility our responsibility is to our readership to the truth so if, yeah if any of us if any of well I, I would say that that's the same thing to the truth and to the readership mm-hmm. yeah i would i would say that none of us had a reason to not mention if this was happening in fact we had more of a reason to mention it if it ever did and I, I walking around a vineyard with this thing on my hip, sitting in the sun, pulling it out, shooting whenever I wanted, putting it down, shooting some more, shooting on the horse track, both with it on the platypod fired remotely and in my hand shooting. Uh, it was none of us had a problem. So that's why I was so shocked to see that someone had an overheating issue. And I don't know. I don't know why he's I'm looking at the screenshot of, of when he had the overheat and he basically has got it even like lesser settings than I had. Like yeah, he's he had only medium. shooting it. Yeah, I was shooting at this thing as, as fast as it can go. And he and to Ron JPEG, to which he's also doing. No, I had no issue. And he did, which is really upsetting. Uh, I feel like that shouldn't have happened. So rather than say that this is a symptom of the camera as a whole, I think this is him getting a faulty unit i think or that a too. unit or a unit more prone to this issue 
which is an entirely different problem yes. to have. Yes. Uh, as, He's I just got a defective copy. Like, how long right. has these been shipping, Jaren? Do you know? God, a week, maybe? So these have been shipping. Uh, people have these in their hands, you know, regular consumers. Yeah, but not for long. I don't think they've been shipping for more than a week uh, at the time of this recording. Because that would matter. Um, because, um, you know, you never know. the first like, run. Yeah, maybe, the, maybe the, you never know. Like, there could be, oh, yeah, this is going conspiracy theory level, but it's completely feasible where... Perhaps they every everyone's only like tested the press units before they went out, made sure these are good, they don't overheat, so let's just give these to the press guys. And then the ones then then they're less stringent upon the actual shipping units of like, okay, we'll just let them go and whatever gets a problem, we'll take care and fix when it comes back. Because that's what US car makers used to do back in the day of their their business plans of uh doesn't matter on the assembly line, just get it done out the door and when there's a problem, we will just fix it. Whereas Japanese assembly lines will stop the assembly line, fix that problem. And then let it continue, so that way no other uh, cars are affected by the problem. Did you, did you, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did not know that actually. Yeah, so I mean, the American car man, thats is why they they sank so low in like the seventies and eighties, I think, to Japanese competition. Uh, was that just the cars just were not reliable off the assembly line because the the American philosophy was that okay, if there is a problem, we'll fix it, and it's better for our bottom line if we do it that way. Hmm. Better for bottom line versus it, um, trust, consumer consumer trust. On a more uh, photo-related, um, I guess, comparison, mm-hmm. before Sigma redid themselves, this was a major issue for them. Is lens to lens, there would be just massive differences in performance. Oh, okay. Because they weren't, they didn't have a really good quality control. That is not the case anymore. They have great quality control, but it took a it took a while to to get over that. So what I'm saying is, is if this is indeed a camera that is singularly having an issue and it's not across the board how many others of these will exist having the same issue or different issues and then how do we then trust sony as a as a group of buyers to produce products that are always the exact same quality that you know the high quality that's promised maybe we just need to give it time because i think maybe just like this guy maybe got ahead of the curve of like publishing a video of maybe a defective unit he has and i mean there's one thing to be defective. The other, the other thing is it does have it in the menu settings to say, hey, overheating. That's like it's built in to understand it and tell you, right? Just like did, an iPhone. Did his actually shut itself down from overheating know. or did he just get the warning? I, I was under the impression he just got the warning. I don't know that it shut itself down. I, then again, Sony the... cameras, when they give you the warning, you have like 10 seconds. Really? Okay. I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that because I haven't played with or shot with uh, Sony. At least with the A7R2. If if it tells you that it's overheating and you take like two more pictures, it like says now, now says man, no. I'm done, I'm out, <laughs> I need a minute, bruh. Uh, so I don't know how at the Sony, I, I mean, because I, I the A9 will sync better, so it'll probably last a few more than that. But I don't know. It is very strange. He got the warning. I never saw the warning even. So I I don't know. It's it sucks for him to get that camera, but I don't want everyone to think that every A9 is going to have this issue. Because I feel extremely confident saying it's not happened to anyone I know. And I know a lot of people who have touched this camera. Hmm. A lot of people. A lot of people. Like a pretty damn good sample size. Well, so I guess we'll just wait. Time will tell. I mean, yeah. there's nothing really we'll else to... Well, I actually want to know if Sony ever... If they respond to this. If they have anything to say about it. Um, and I think that based on what they've done in the past, they won't say anything. Yeah, I don't think they'll say anything. Because I think as a corporate thing, uh, why address or acknowledge one voice 
like it's just better to ignore because otherwise once yeah. you it's only where it's it's almost one of those things where if you're the number one player in a field like coca-cola you just don't recognize your competition you don't recognize pepsi it's, it's just not something to be concerned about because once you do you <laughs> legitimize it right yeah no that's i mean that's like i, I get it i understand anyway uh, so moving on um Caraminder, have you ever used Nick? Nick software? I love Nick software. SilverFX Pro, I love that for black and white conversions. I thought it was such so does... a great move that, you know, Google bought them and it's going to be great that they now they have this huge company with money that keep this going. Why? What's up? What What's the question? How does it make you feel if I told you that in a very prominent banner on the google.com slash Nick collection, it says, the Nick collection is free and compatible with OS X 10.7 through 10.10. Nice. Windows Vista 7 and 8, and Adobe Photoshop through CC 2015. That sounds great. That's awesome. Whoa, whoa, whoa. CC then, 2015? Yeah, I mean, they, it's okay. They'll catch up, right? Will they? They better. Well, the next sentence, we have no plans to update the collection or add new features over time. They killed it, essentially. This groaning. Is it. I'm groaning. I'm mad. Mm. The, um, the purchase of Nick by Google, which was hailed as something that was going to be great for Nick originally. Oh, how many years ago was that? Several years ago. Did they purchase it for like Snapseed, right? That was, they uh... bought it for Snapseed is what the the purveying reason that's what it is. Sound, that's what it felt like. And Snapseed is definitely being updated and continuing. And it just seems like in order to get Snapseed, they've had to buy the whole portfolio. And they're like, well, why, we're wasting money here. Let's just yeah, focus they don't on want mobile. It. They didn't. They, I don't think they ever wanted the Nick collection for desktop, and it's obvious that even if they did, they don't want it now. They I had a friend who used to work at Nick, it. or you, I didn't think he. I guess he used to work at Nick, and then he during that transition, he obviously became a Google employee. Um, but are you still under Nick? And I haven't checked in with him, so I don't know what's going on. But I need to check in with him to see. What yeah, you should on. ask him what's going on. Like, are you? I mean, you can't even ask. Are you working on Nick? Because it's clear. Nobody's working on Nick. Mm-mm-mm. No. Ever again. We gotta find out. But this Which is, is this a really is, sad story. It sucks though, because it is a fantastic tool. Um I think the only other similar set of tools that I could think of that would be similar that, that again, this company does not have a mobile product. I think the whole fact that uh, Nick did have a mobile product put the target on them, uh, is Alien Skin. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, Alien Skin. And I do like their products. Sue Bryce is a huge fan of their products. Uh, Felix Kunz, uh, portrait photographer, also a huge fan of their products. Uh, you said Bry- Bryce who? Sue Bryce? Uh, oh, Sue Bryce. Yeah, yeah, did I you didn't say hear the Bryce Sue who? <laughs> I thought you just said Bryce. I'm like, Sorry, who's Bryce? Do I know, Miss, know this person? Uh, Miss Bryce. Uh, oh, yeah, Miss Sue I know. Bryce. I know. She's great. She's lovely. Yes, who is a friend of yours, Jaren, as well. Jeez. That's why I was so confused. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm in your hood. I should probably stop by and say hi. Um should. You two yes. have accents together. Well, she's Australian. I'm English. There's a difference. I know. I didn't say they were the same accent. This I just said true. accents. Yes. At any rate, um, <laughs> a lot of people are a fan of Alien Skin. Um, our friend Zach Sutton likes Alien Skin. He's oh, yeah. I'm in his hairy, too. I should hit him up. Um, and I actually, this is funny. I had a conversation um, on that Sony trip while we were uh, on the bus heading away from the winery. Some guys in the back of the bus were talking about Nick, specifically. They're oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, Google's and Nick. That was a great, that's a great purchase for Google and Snapseed's awesome because it originally started when I was talking about Snapseed and then the Nick collection came up and the, and it was kind of a hum and haw on the bus. Like they didn't think Google took it super seriously, but didn't think they were going to bail on it, 
which to me is interesting because now the story today is that Google's going to bail on it. Um, it's funny how that, that sort of happens. It's kind of like the first time I saw a fidget spinner, I didn't know what it was. And then like the next two days, all I could read online was about fidget spinners. So yeah, uh, I listen to happens. NPR regularly and I listen to stories about that and the slap bracelet and the history of these things from a business side of things. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's interesting that I like these things just happened in my, in, in at least in my conversations and then they're actually re- super relevant like days later. So it, it sucks. Google's never going to update the Nick suite again. I think people, I, they've been sort of weaning people off the Nick collection of, for a while now. They haven't really updated it much at all since acquiring it. I would love to meet so, a photographer who just focuses on like old school stuff. Like it's an old school computer, like maybe a laptop that's five years older than what you use now, runs Apple Aperture and the Google Nick software and be like, no, I'm not changing this. This is going to stay that way. I'm going <laughs> to run it and I'm going to make my images, make sure that, you know, yeah. don't upgrade your camera too much because like, hey, 12 megapixels is more than anyone, maybe 16 megapixels. Um, yeah. I'm sure they exist. What was the Canon the 5D ju- Mark II? How many megapixels was that? 18? Something like that. I don't remember. Something like that, 18, 16. I never owned that camera. It's still a good camera. You could, I think you pick one up for about 500 or 600 bucks. But I would love yeah. that, like, I don't know if anyone does this because we always upgrade everything. You're looking the for the George R.R. R. Martin of photography. Yes. Yes, I am. And they would, they would <laughs> like, clang onto Nick and be like, look, at least it's free. I can hold on to this and I could use this forever as long as I don't update or connect my laptop to the internet. Yeah, just download it and then unplug. You'd have to air gap your machine. You know what that means, Jaren? No. Air gapping? It's it's like a security thing where um, the the device is not connected to a network, wireless or wired. And in order to get any data into it, it's gapped by air. Meaning you'd have to plug in a USB stick or uh, some sort of device <coughs> to relay uh, your information from one machine to another. So let's say if you did have a camera, it could work. But whenever you wanted to publish a photo, you export, export to a USB key, walk that USB key to a wired modern machine like a 5K IMAX such as you're using right now. And then you do your social and you do your updates of whatever needs to be running recently. That could, I could literally see this as working. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who, who would do that, but I'm sure they exist. All right. Well, sorry. To I could go to... down this long path, Jaren, of John Titor. I don't know if you've ever heard of this uh, internet theory. Have you heard of this? No. Supposed time traveler who came back to buy the specific IBM mainframe computer that was vintage because in the future they had some sort of software that could only be read or, or some sort of data that could only be read by this machine and he came back in the past to get it. Just you guys, if you really want to hear this, John Titor, J-O-H-N, last name Titor, T-I-T-O-R. I think there's a Wikipedia page. Should I put that in the links, Jeremy? The... It's just a random rabbit hole. That I was about I to like, say, this this hole keeps getting deeper. Yeah, that uh, if it ever comes in the future, like, man, I've never come across a software such as Google and Nick Software Silver FX Pro for black and white conversions, <laughs> then we would be in a situation right now of like, buy this, download this. No, not even buy it. Download it for free. Keep it. Use it for as long as it can. And you never know, you might be looking for uh, an old school device just to run the software for you. Just saying. Just saying. All right, well. That science fiction story <laughs> aside, let's move to what was once science fiction, the handheld drone, and the DJI Spark was announced last week. It was anticipated. It was not totally surprised. I did see some people who had mentioned it uh, coming soon. Um, what do you think of this? Do you see this? Yes, I did. So I almost I was like 30 seconds away from pre-ordering this sucker because it's $499. But then That's they had cheap. like an accessory kit 
uh, that was also on the DJI site for like that pushed up to six ninety nine. Additional things I really didn't know. I thought maybe I needed this stuff. Then like I don't know six ninety nine. Then I flinched. Then it, then that was that was it. So flinched. I flinched. You got me to like otherwise four ninety nine. I was going. I was going. I was like oh I need more. And then like I flinched. Uh, but yeah. this is truly. I think this is something, Jaren. Truly, you could put this in a pocket. Yeah, you could put small. this in your pocket. I think it's about the size of a phone. It'd be. It's a thick. It is a bit thick, right? Maybe like I don't know, three yeah. inches. Thick, I'd say it's probably four. three quarters the thickness of the Mavic. Yeah, so this is tiny. So which is already tiny. The Mavic is tiny. And uh, I have a photography friends, for, you know, who got the Mavic because it's so small. And I would love to, you know, you could throw that in a think tank roller bag, your carry on bag, uh, in addition to your kit, right, in addition to your video. So that way you have the options of getting aerial footage without it taking up a lot of space. And I think it's phenomenal. I think that is, like, I want a pro version of that because I know that the Mavic is more. I know the pro version is like the obviously the Inspire Two. And then you start your way Well, there's down. also the, the DJI um, Phantom 4 Pro, which is Correct. a dope piece of hardware. Right. But I'm trying to figure but, out, like, all right, there's, there's got to be this this um, spectrum of, like, size and performance. And they're kind of, like, battling it. Like, meaning you want better performance, yeah. you got to go bigger in size. Well, at what point can we get small enough and get better performance? And I think it'll be a couple generations. But at least with the Spark, I feel like that's even more towards a consumer. Like, I don't think you... The way you control yeah. it is via your phone. Not you don't get a, another yes. controller. I think you that, can buy a controller. That you was in the can. package. That was in the six nine yeah. package. You don't need that. It, the the Spark also is um, the first one that can be entirely controlled with gestures. Like it can see you, and you can tell it to do things with your hands alone. DJ Spark, make me a sandwich. <laughs> Close. <laughs> We're almost there. It can fly indoors. Like it should, has the same indoor flying video. power as the Mavic. That's like a YouTube video waiting to happen. Of like, a, we're gonna make a sandwich. With a DJI Spark. Yeah. Let's see if we're successful. So, uh, the the Spark to me is not an enticing product. I would not buy a Spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't fit what I'm looking for. I'm actually probably going to buy a Mavic next. Um, mm. I have the Phantom 4. Uh, the, the Mavic works better for me because of the amount of traveling that I do. And I, I don't like having to either pick between my Phantom 4 or my camera bag. I would like. Yes. Yeah, see, again, again, I'm talking yeah. performance versus size. This is yeah. a huge. And the thing. Mavic fits that for me. I think the Mavic is perfect. It does not need to be bigger or smaller. And if they just, they've already put a bunch of great stuff in it. I think if it had slow motion 4K, which will probably be in the Mavic too, uh, there will not be a reason for me to get a bigger one unless I'm shooting a, a very specific thing for a client. Like who's like like certain stuff when you want to put a 90 millimeter. It's a 45 millimeter lens on the Inspire, which turns into 90. That's a very specific looking shot. Oh, yes, it is. And uh, my buddy and I did a couple of those last year, and that's when you'd want an Inspire. Is it Toby? Otherwise, can I ask if it's Toby yeah. Harriman? It was Toby. Such yeah, a great, we were such shooting. A great guy. When we were, we were shooting this, the the profile of a bridge, and when you're shooting it at at like 90 millimeters of mm. the 35 millimeter equivalent, it looks super legit. Like the drone barely has to move, and the background is flying, and the bridge is like staying centered. It looks so neat. Yeah. It's basically the city shots you get out of. Um, a Cineflex. Oh, those are the big ones you need a legit helicopter for, right? Yeah, they mount on the nose of uh, helicopters. Yeah, and those so are like it looks four, very similar to that. F- six, seven? No, no, they're probably like five or six figure systems, right? Five figure systems. Cineflex. Uh, Maybe more. Five figure minimum. Yeah, that, that's the system. You don't even put the camera in there yet. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> At any rate, Spark is awesome for okay. people who are wanting to get into drones. 
but it's not. I don't think it's going to be a prodrome. But I'm I'm happy that DJI is basic. I mean, I don't know if I'm how happy I'm going to be for so long. But they own this market. Yeah, they, yeah, they're just kicking there is butt. DJI and no one. Nobody, no. And this is even a, more of a consumer. I mean, have you seen that one drone? I don't. I know DJI does not make this, but the, it's an iPhone case, but that folds out to be a drone. I think so. It's an iPhone case. It's pretty. That's pretty small too. But like this is, I don't know. I imagine. I imagine, you know, if I'm going to go travel and I just want something for, I'm not shooting video for a project, but I am going to just, I'm a drone guy and I want to take my drone on vacation with me. Go to my beach in Hawaii and get a little drony, aka selfie, that taken with a drone, a drony. Yeah. That this would be, the spark would be the jam for that. All right. Let's move on, Jared. Um, So I don't, did you see Fotokina's announcement last week? I did. I did. Uh, I was like, I was like, okay. So for those who missed it, Photokina, which is the largest international photo trade show and convention in, in Germany, world. yeah, in, Ger- in, Germany. in the world, in Germany, it's in Cologne specifically every two years, and it has been like the show. And the reason it's every two years is because it is so huge and so exhausting that it two years was enough. That's yeah, it. And, and, and also cameras used to not be you know Updated every year sort of things yeah exactly every two years was plenty that's starting to change a lot so photokina announced last week that they are doing two things they're expanding into what they call affiliated products okay. which reads as general tech because they said basically smart homes are affiliated with imaging which is really tenuous so that just tells me they want to be general tech so like c-mount ca- lenses on security cameras i mean uh, i don't know no it's... like like amazon alexa like that that sort of thing uh, okay 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 i can see and this is them not trying to stay relevant but I'll continue they're not only doing that they're also changing to be a annual event and they're changing their timing too usually it's in the fall Mm-hmm. Um, Fotokina was about, I don't know, three, four weeks before uh, PPE in New York. Yeah. Now they are moving to May, which is going to be just after everyone is tired of going to trade shows. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm personally, I wrote an article about this where the title of it was Fotokina to become yearly event fulfilling wish literally nobody asked for. <laughs> and um, I stand by that. I think this is a ridiculous move. But it is their only move, in my opinion. I think they're failing. Uh, two years was not enough. <clears throat> the photo industry is shrinking. The number of people that bought booths at Photokina has been steadily declining. Mm-hmm. So they, they had no choice but to try and make some sort of advanced move. And they're trying to put a happy face on it, but they have to be struggling. They're just maybe changing to keep up. And that's what it feels like. Uh, and I, don't, I, I can't fault them. It's a business decision, no. right? They want to stay yeah. alive. Uh, yeah. I know that they are very much a European-based, uh, like, conference or... or, or con- yeah, I, I feel like a lot of just basic consumers or even pros in the in the industry who don't, like, have their finger on the pulse of the industry all the time, they may be aware of, like, WPPI and PPE and not, and not Go, for example. They may not be... They may not be even aware of Photokina. That would not surprise me. Yeah, well, I'm very aware of it because... Uh, a lot of European brands represent, and they represent hard at Photokina. Yeah. Obviously, namely, God, I feel like such a shill. Uh, Leica. Leica? Right? No way. Uh-huh. Yeah, way. And then we have Swedish manufacturers, 
Hasselblad, uh, who else? Mamiya. Mamiya. They get the we get the large phase. one, like the Linhoff. Yeah, Phase is there. Um, you know that uh, Kodak used to have an entire hall all to themselves there. I believe it. It was it's Photokini yeah. was the most legit thing, and then now we also have like conferences in the east, Jaren. Right, like uh, in Japan, isn't there like CP Plus? Yes, CP Plus in February. That's actually where most of the um, Japanese major market? companies. Yeah, well, most of the major manufacturers who are all Japanese basically mm-hmm. are. That's where they do most of their announcing for that year, or at least that half year. And they don't really have any, and anything else. They just do it on their own. They don't save it for a show. So that's why I found it strange is because there's going to be CP Plus in February. So if Canon, Nikon, or Sony have anything they want to announce, they're going to do it there. What is going to happen at Photokina in May? No idea, but it's in a, if somebody wanted to promote something, they have the ability to do that. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, and I think that the, the other thing is that the European customer can go to Photokina and see these products. Yes, which and is I, nice. I know for a fact that Leica has built products to a timetable where the they debut their pro, their product at Photokina. Now it may not be ready to typical Leica. Now it may not be ready to be bought or sold for many months afterwards. This is typical Leica. Uh, that completely changed with the Leica M10 announcement where they're like, hey, we announced it and you can buy it right now. And I'm like, what? This is insane. That's like, that's nuts. You cannot do that. It's like Apple coming out and saying, by the way, here's a new iPhone 8 or iPhone X. And you can buy it right now. You can buy it right now. You can go to your Target and buy it right now. And that would be insane. Photokina every year. I don't know. I'm not excited about it. We'll see how it goes. This might be the last photo, Photokina, which will be in uh, 2018. There will not be a show this year. Their last Photokina of, of old will be in 2018 in their typical timing. I, I want to go. <clears throat> I kind of do too, just because it'll be the last one that's like that. And then not eight months later, they're going to be another Photokina in, in the, fo- the following May. So, mm-hmm. All right. Last thing to talk about today is this product I saw on Kickstarter, and we reported on Imaging Resource as well, called Arsenal. And I don't usually get excited about products like this. So when Mostly... I first saw this, I thought you were talking about the football club of England, <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's a funny name for the product, to be honest. I don't know that it's... Yeah. I mean, it is weird. But... What this thing does is it looks just like a little tiny plastic box that sits on top of your hot shoe. And a lot of the ones that look like this, all they are are basically time-lapse devices. They help you. You can time-lapse with your phone or whatever. This one does quite a bit more. At least that's what they're selling it on. It has what he's calling AI. What he's done is he's programmed thousands of images into the Arsenal's memory. Images. And then images like it has an image database inside of itself what for and what what for what for oh okay so let's say you go out and you you frame a photo Mm -hmm. so i've got this picture framed there's a mountain in the background trees and a lake in the foreground arsenal will search its database to find images similar to the one you're about to compose that you're composing like Mm -hmm. it can see what you're composing okay and then it will produce the best possible settings to create the best possible image given your specific in- example using its knowledge of previous images. So everyone else is just going to take the same photos with the Arsenal AI device. So interesting you bring that up. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, it the, sounds like portrait the, mode on your camera or landscape mode on yeah, your camera. So he originally built this thing to... Um, 
not standardize, but basically make it so he didn't have to do a lot of work in the field with his own images. He wanted to build it so that he could create the images that he's used to making okay. without sitting there fiddling with the camera a lot. So it was going to streamline his workflow, but then he decided he could sell it to everyone and streamline everyone's workflow. But it does run the risk of all of the images you take looking very similar, even though it has thousands of images to pull from to build the database that it's making. It sounds like these are 100 recipes in your camera. And so when it sees a photo that's like, okay, this recipe looks like, or this photo could look like this recipe, so we're going to apply that. And it, like, Yeah, is it, it so, might is it, do that. Yeah. You have to tell it what you're interested in doing. Like sometimes you actually do want to stop water, okay. or sometimes you want the water to look like a mirror. So it depends on what you kind of are envisioning for your image, and then it says, oh, okay, I understand what you're trying to do. Let me help you. Does it have like um, a Pulitzer Prize settings in there, or um, win WPPI competitions and wedding settings in there? It only has landscape right now, but the other stuff that it does is it'll do HDR stacking for you and create a single raw for you like Lightroom does, but you'd have to bring it in there. It'll do this in the field automatically when you're taking a picture. So it processes the raw for you? Yes, and produces it and sticks it in your camera as a raw. That is interesting. It will focus stack Mm -hmm. in camera. It will do long exposures however you want. So I, I understand this AI part now. This, uh, this part makes sense to me. Like the stuff that is typically manual for us to do, maybe even I'm, I'm assuming like obviously we manually take a, a panorama, like we physically move the camera or rotate the head of the tripod to take it. Um, but it would be nice if, if the AI had its own little um, ball head that it controlled too and then it you know moved the camera at such and such intervals Shot the raw. You're, you're thinking of that Cam Ranger product that actually has many of those functionalities, but it doesn't have as much brain as this one. Really, but like the Cam is, Ranger wouldn't take all the raws and and stitch together. No, it the, doesn't do that. So. It doesn't do that much. That's what I'm saying. Right, like it doesn't have that kind of power. You're but kind of wanting to combine AI. this with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, th- that would be AI to me, right, Jared? That would that would basically think... automate functions that that um, don't have a creative influence because you're the ones making that decision. It, right. Yeah. Right. That's so I think if he succeeds here, that would be the logical next step, because what it is doing is it's trying. It takes into consideration your lens. It takes into consideration everything that the lens has problems with. Like let's say the lens has bad coma, so it, it considers that to how it's going to help you compute the best image. Oh. Um, so this sounds like a Canon again, Nikon only type of product, though. Uh, I think it's going to be Canon, Nikon, and Sony. Sony. Think. I, 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 I can't remember. I'm on the page right now, but I don't know where it's listed here. Well, it was via but, Sony Alpha Rumors, so let's just assume Sony's included in that too. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it's. I think it's a really cool product. However, I need to see it finished. Like, I don't know that he's done. I think he's close. He definitely has a working product, but I don't know that it looks and functions like he's made it look like in his uh, marketing video. Obviously, um, the fact that he's actually created a brain is sort of neat. I think it's cool. I do think there's risks of, of basically making everyone's photos look the same. However, you still need to select your environment. You select your lens. You select the framing. That's all you. It just helps you get the shot that you're envisioning. That right. You may not want to think of all those things. And the fact that it can also focus stack and HDR in camera is really kind of cool. 
Yeah, for those that need it. I, I kind of see this as hopefully, I mean, one best case for Arsenal is that, so, like, say, Sony buys them and just integ integrates the tech into their firmwares or integrates the tech into their cameras that have... Oh, you don't even want it to have, like, a standalone thing. You want it to be, like, the smart... The, I want this to be built the into camera. the... Shouldn't this be built into the into the camera? Like, where's the camera's going to go from here? Like, more megapixels? Fine. Uh, or maybe someone's low light? actually Fine. overhaul menus. Menus need overhauling. Well, one thing, okay, you are a GH, you're a Panasonic Lumix GH4 user and a GH5 user, right? Soon to be, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. one thing I love is when I do time lapses in the in in the GH4 or five, that I can set the time lapse and then when it's done, I can go into it and say, "Make me a video," and I can choose the settings and oh, it says, "Yeah, mo most of those do that now." They do. So that's that's yeah. an example of for me automation. Like I hate old school. Jaren was what you download all the images. You get a piece of software program to... Um, I still do this. You still do that. So you're doing it still it's, the manual. But if I wanted just the easy, I cheap, got more power. quick way. Yeah. Right. And it, what's um, also nice is you can process all the raw photos before it gets put into a video, right? You know, speaking of doing stuff like in the field mm -hmm. on time-lapse, that's another thing this does that I don't think anyone else does. This is what's baffling What's that? While it is in time-lapse, yeah. you can... And it's still shooting... You can preview what has been shot to that point on your phone. Makes sense. No one else does that. Now, can we go the next step? And if, since we can preview it, can we also tweak the settings that would apply for previous yes. and future photos? You probably not previous because they're already taken. Right. But no, but you're you mean like settings. Like, I'm saying exposure settings, not um, not necessarily camera settings. Meaning, the cameras they say set at f11 at yeah oh, and you're gonna leave that yeah you leave that alone but i'm talking about you know if it's gonna do a raw processing can we not tweak something so we know that's the next step at least that i would want i think you can probably you know lower the lower camera the highlights itself. raise the shadows but i if you're gonna want to do what you're saying i don't i wouldn't want to do that on my phone or the camera anyway i want to do that at home on a computer I want to, oh, I want to fair that. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't know the answer. You may be able to do what you're saying here. All, all I know is the fact that you can make adjustments and preview or that's what's already shot while it's still shooting. That's big. Yeah. Uh, it's not on a rail or anything. So and this, okay, this perfect, device but... is tiny yeah, and they hit their goal in the first nine hours. So people want this. People are excited about this. Well, The video he made is extremely compelling. Okay, I have not seen the video, so I'm just going based off of what you're sharing. Yeah, with me. you should watch it after this, just just, and then you can tell me later what you think. But I do think this is a very cool idea. I want to see him. Wow, he made half a million bucks. Jeez. <laughs> wow. More than half a million. He's almost at six hundred thousand. Now he's got to deliver. He definitely has to deliver. Yeah, but we'll see. I want to see this thing when it's done. I'm. I think it has potential. Uh, but what we're looking at here, his campaign is in June. Software testing starts in July. He's finalizing the case cables and packaging at the same time. Then he doesn't start actually testing with their supported camera models until August. I just want to put do... this out that I think Kickstarter um, timetables such as that are usually, in my experience, pure comedy. Yeah, they're best case scenario that he's hoping. Oh, yeah. yeah. Usually pure comedy. I, he's actually not going to ship this thing until next February. I wouldn't really, believe, I probably even... And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. Just my experience with various kinds of Kickstarters by various kinds of people is I would expect it a year after their suggested ship date. A year after. Like, yeah, I just don't even consider Kickstarter he, products anymore. I just don't. You know, I'm, I'm I Kickstarter think burned out. the reason I think he's close is because he has video of the actual, like, case 
of the arsenal in it, and it's attached to a camera. It looks right. It's not like attached to a computer, attached to. It a is camera. a very tiny That's device. That's scary. Yeah, it's Similar very to small, a but case there from uh, Tether Tools. Yeah, it's yes, it's actually that's a very good example. Uh, I would say it's like an eighth the size of the typical phone. It's very small. Oh, very small, yes. Um, like as mini Altoids can. Like I think he mini. Well, we'll we'll revisit this in January, February. I think I'll make a note. But or I think he can that. hit. <laughs> I think he can hit his goal, and the reason I'm saying this is because he's got most of it done. Okay. He's got the 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 actual product finished. It's not. It's standalone. It's not plugged into anything. So at this point, all he needs to do is finalize it with the factory and then get to the hardware testing after mm-hmm. that, after he builds in supported camera models that this, the AI will recognize. That is the longest term thing, and he better work on that nonstop from August through October, according to his timeline. Otherwise, uh, yeah, he will be pushed back. I think he will be he will hit on or near his date based on what I'm seeing. We'll see. You might be right. We might be visiting this in two years. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Um, I think that is interesting. I think this is this is a nice way for the future to go, just to automate tasks. I like that. But I again, it's a Kickstarter thing, so I'm very apprehensive. I, yeah, know, Kickstarter has real. It's gotten people like people don't trust Kickstarter anymore. And that was actually the comment on our website on imaging was that I just don't trust Kickstarter Indiegogo anymore. Like it's, it's and it's not necessarily the websites themselves. Um, uh, don't. It's more. It's more just. Like there's even a few projects I've been waiting on. I could finally got my glyph from Studio Neat, and they've made I think two or three. This is like maybe the second or third generation glyph that they made, and they are very experienced in their Kickstarter. So I knew I'd get it, but it still took a lot longer than I than I was expecting. Yeah, a lot yeah. Longer. People have to stop treating Kickstarter as a pre-order service. You are backing an idea. Yeah, pretty much. And um, like I, I got my I, when my Apple Watch came out, which is now over two years. I mean, I've had my watch now for two years. Um, I wanted something more portable when I traveled to charge. I didn't want to take the cable, the proprietary, you know, single-use cable. Uh, and there's, there was this, you know, just the dock, the magnetic thing that attaches to the back of the watch, and then like a female micro USB. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's what I want. Pre-ordered that. Still waiting. Well, we'll see. Like I said, we'll revisit. All right. So I think I mean that that well covers. All of the major stories from like the last week, a week and a half, and uh, I'm glad we got to talk about them. If you guys have any questions at all, you can comment on the SoundCloud, you can comment on the blog post on Imaging Resource, or circumvent all of that and send us an email at podcast at imaging-resource.com, and we will read aloud the comment on the next episode and address it to the best of our ability. With that, I think that's all for this week. That we is will, all for this uh, week. We'll I did mention that I'd be talking week. about video camera choices we'll later, do that but we're going to do next more week. later. Yeah, we can do next week. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we do want to get to that at some point, talking about who you are and what type of person you represent and why you picked the camera that you did. And that's I'd, right. I'd love to fill in on that too. Guys, thanks for joining us. We will catch you next week. Next week, ta-da! Ta-da!